Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aviva Canada, a leading property and casualty insurance group providing home, auto, leisure, and lifestyle and business insurance to 2.9 million customers. Severe weather and natural disasters are on the rise, and Aviva's Plan and Protect app will help your family prepare for earthquakes, severe wind, winter storms, wildfires, and floods. It tells you what to do before, during, and after these events, stores your insurance info, and works with Wi-Fi. Download it free from the App Store or Google Play, and Aviva will donate $5 to the Canadian Red Cross. What's good, Internet? You're listening to episode 135 of the Serbcast. We're recording this week's episode on Thursday, August 24th. The Serbcast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and fun discussion related to the Canadian tech and telecom ecosystem. I'm your host in this darkest of timelines, Ibor Bonacacic. And this week, I'm joined by Mobile Sierra publisher, Ian Hardy. How's it going, Ian? Very well, thank you, Igor. That's a great opening, and I love your name. Thank you. Uh, I've replaced the old Igor, if you weren't aware. Um, we also have Mobile Sierra senior uh, reporter, Rose Bihar. Hello, Igor. Oh my gosh, I like you so much better than Igor. I'll make sure to pass that on to him <laughs> in his prison somewhere <laughs> deep below Mobile Syrup. Uh, last but certainly not least, we have Mobile Syrup staff writer, uh, Samir Chabra. Samir, how are you? I'm quite well, and I'd just like it to be on the record that I miss the old Igor. Suck up. Uh, I'll make sure to tell him that too in his hamster wheel where he is powering Mobile Syrup servers. Mm. Um, Guys, it's back from the dead, the Note series. Back in action. What do we think about the Note? Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. Reputation. Um, We were just talking about Taylor Swift and so this might derail, but... Mm -hmm. um, it, it it doesn't look that exciting to me that, that off the jump. Um, I think the design looks a lot like the Note 7, and hopefully the big bonus will be that it doesn't explode, um, and perhaps the internals are uh, are boosted. Plus, there's the dual camera, but um, considering what we might see with the LG V30 and, and the iPhone, um, not too impressed. So you said bonus. It might not explode. Is that bonus worth uh, twelve hundred and ninety nine dollars? Do you do you think people are like? Uh, let's talk about the uh, the fire references. Do you think that's over overblown? Yeah. So I can, <laughs> oh no. So let's uh, <laughs> that's a overblown. Like, at, like, <laughs> at this point in time, do you think the the Note series brand has been tainted because of that, or do you think loyal users would say, okay, you get uh, Samsung address the issue in a professional manner? Mm-hmm. Here's what the steps they did to make sure the batteries are safe. With the Note 8, do you think that history has been cleared of that? I think, for me personally, I think what's most interesting is that, you know, that was, I think, a catastrophic kind of, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, not that many phones uh, went up in flames. Right. Um, But what's interesting is that... um, 
you know, Samsung seemingly nothing like came out of it, no worse for wear, right? Okay. Like due uh, to its memory card sales, right? Was all that those it? memory card sales? Yeah, the chips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it helps to be vertically integrated. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think that's interesting for me, and I guess. Uh, the question I would ask you guys is why do you think that is like why like had this happened to Apple do you think this would have played out the same way would people still be lining up in droves to uh, buy the next iPhone if it happened to any other company maybe you know Apple and Samsung are the exceptions and then a company like I don't know if LG is even the right you know, well, like within this proper stratosphere of companies. I right? mean, imagine if the essential phone started um, blowing up, like that would be the end of essential. Totally. Um, yeah. But I, I think, yeah, I think you you made a good point there. I think the iPhone two would be immune to this sort of issue. Mm -hmm. um, people are so brand loyal and they don't want to take the time out to learn how to use a different system. Mm -hmm. And I think that does actually apply quite a bit to Samsung and, and it has, uh, you know, it's part of the reason why they've managed to weather this storm um, quite well. A lot of people didn't suspect that they would actually stick with the Note branding, but here they are totally comfortable staying mm -hmm. with the Note branding. And I think it's also fair to say that other phones have exploded. It, you know, it really isn't just the Note 7. Totally, it, yeah. It did at a higher rate than uh, other phones, but but there has been quite a lot of uh, known issues out there that, that are similar. Mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe ultimately it is a little bit overblown, as Ian was saying. Um, but at the same time, the when we got explanations for it, um, you know, the explanation was that they had tried to essentially jam too much into too small a casing. Mm -hmm. And there was some sort of shoddy workmanship uh, there. So I think on a on a personal level, that is concerning to me, um, though I'm I'm pretty sure they wouldn't let it happen again. Mm -hmm. Samir? So I just wanted to say, I don't think... Um I don't think it's wrong to say that it has been a little overblown, but I think it's also important to look at how Samsung positioned the the Note brand in comparison to the the rest of the Galaxy brand. So, you know, in my eyes, and I think in the eyes of a lot of people, including I'd argue Samsung, the Note is very much this niche product. It's you know, this is a gigantic device. It's got a stylus, so it's sort of like a PDA. It's always got like the most beefed up processors and so forth, but. For a lot of people, when they think about a smartphone, they think about something more along the lines of something you'd find in the Galaxy line, so, you know, in the Galaxy S series. So when the Note 7 suffered its catastrophic failure, when it did start to blow up um, more often than a number of other devices, like Rose pointed out, I, I think in terms of optics, people weren't saying, oh, it's a Samsung device that's blowing up. I think they were more or less thinking, oh, yeah, it's this Note device, this, this very niche product. Clearly, Samsung was, you know, reaching or overreaching with that. So I think, and um, something important to point out about the Note 8 conference also is that um, Samsung's leader was more or less talking about Note fans, and it was very much a conference for Note fans. So I think even Samsung acknowledges that the Note is this niche product. I think that in attempting to, to salvage the brand, they weren't really trying to salvage the Samsung brand. I don't think so, you know Samsung was horrendously affected, I think, but they were really trying to do a salvage the Note brand. And they, they kind of did, because after, after they issued the mass recall for all those Note 7 devices, they, they were quiet for some time, and then they announced that, that, you know, that big 50-minute conference, and they went into exacting detail, explaining precisely what happened, precisely what their own um, 
uh, reporting and investigation determined. And in my eyes, anyway, I think that's probably the best product recall I've seen. I've seen from a tech company in a very long time because I don't think any other tech company, well, maybe not in history, but any other tech company in recent memory went into so much detail trying to point out exactly what went wrong. Well, the second yeah. time around. Second time around. That's the big thing, right? Like they completely bungled it the first time. That's true. They, <laughs> I, I, I can't give that to Samsung. Yes, the initial, the, the reducing to 60% battery charge, that was a very strange solution that they proposed. I don't know what that was. Right. About. Yeah. And they did sort of issue, oh, this is what we think is the problem. And it turned out that that was not correct. Um the second and, and then around. in rushing to get it back into market they made the problem worse right that was one of the key components was then the other it was uh, samsung sdi and the other chinese manufacturer the other chinese manufacturer had apparently their batteries were okay but then in trying to scale up their operation to meet demand for the note and it's not a niche product any product that sells 2.5 million like that you sell through, I think it was 2.5 million uh, units of, that is not a niche product, right? In, in, in such a short amount of time. In such yeah. a short amount of time, right? Um, they were so strapped to try and scale up their battery production that then they introduced uh, like a manufacturing error into the batteries that were fine initially, right? So um, I think for me, it's still, it's so fascinating that this company was able to weather the storm after such a, like catastrophic is maybe not the right word, but it is certainly smelt of like incompetence, you know, like, um, and you know, to Samsung's, uh, you know, credit, they are a giant company. There's so many moving cogs in that company. Um, when I met Andy Rubin, he was like, you know, we're not as in like, he joked, like Samsung probably mines the materials for the, um, note eight using Samsung, like heavy machinery. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, you know, that's how inter, uh, vertically integrated Samsung is. Um, but moving to the phone itself, I mean, do you like what's next for this series? Because I think what's um, really interesting about this device is it's not too dissimilar from the SA, right? It's like a tenth of an inch bigger. Uh, in past years, there's been a more kind of physical difference between the Note and the S series. Um, a lot of the features are the same. 835 processor. Sure, it has a bit more RAM. Uh, but other smaller bezels, smaller, I mean, the bezels are pretty similar, right? Between the SA plus and the, yes, you know, but not to the, the previous note. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there was, I think there was a bigger difference between the note, uh, seven and the galaxy S seven, right? Like, uh, and I remember when Patrick got it, like he was not too excited about the S seven. I mean, as much as one, you know, he was excited for it, but then there's like the Note 7 was his favorite device, right? Mm -hmm. He couldn't stop raving about it. As uh, could many reviewers were the same way. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it marked this kind of turning point for Samsung. Um, I remember someone telling me like the manufacturing quality of the Note 7, in his opinion, surpassed that of Apple, right? Like they were making nicer phones than Apple at that point. Whereas that doesn't seem to be the case. So uh, that's a long-winded way, again, of asking, where does this series go from here? Um, just because it, it, there seems to be so little differentiation between the, uh, SF, the S series and the Note series. I think that's really an interesting question, especially because um, part of the reason that I think you know, the Note 7 ran into issues is that uh, Samsung was overreaching mm -hmm. and had and, and it was so exciting because of that they had put in so many new features 
it was really it differentiated itself from the crowd um, mm. significantly. And with this uh, Note 8, they don't seem to have differentiated themselves from the crowd very well. Um, we'll have to wait to see other other devices uh, coming out soon. But it, from what we've seen and from what the rumors are for, say, the Pixel and the iPhone and the V30, um, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be ahead of the bunch in terms of groundbreaking technology, which is what it's known for and what it sort of needs to be. So I hope that after it, after it has this sort of rebound year, if that's what it is, that it'll go back to be more uh, being more boundary pushing. Anyone else? No. Uh, yeah, actually. Um, so this is a question that I have been having uh, and I've been asking myself and I think you know, we've all been asking ourselves in the lead up to yesterday's conference. Um, I think that as of this year and, and Rose was right in saying that it's it's not necessarily a, a big leap forward. Uh, and I think it was either you or Rose or you, Igor, who pointed out that this is sort of like an iterative year. This is a very quiet year for the Note series. I'm wondering maybe virtual reality and alternate reality is where the Note series goes from here. Because, and this is, a, I suppose, a larger industry problem with premium tier um, flagship devices, is that they're all sort of a little bit samey now, even if they try to distinguish themselves in terms of a, a small little software thing. In terms of hardware, they're mostly using the same high-end processors, they're using mostly the same high-end. The screens are more or less the same size, they're, they're beautiful to look at, they're great to use. You know, they're sort of laptop replacements, but they're sort of not really. So I think maybe virtual reality is the, is the space to go to next, and... I, I don't want to necessarily uh, bring up something that I'm not qualified to really talk about, but pro- I feel like Project Tango might be an interesting place for the Note series to go on to go next, just in terms of that kind uh, that kind of software and that kind of usability. Yeah, I agree. I think augmented reality is definitely the way of the future, especially with these bezel bezel-less or less less bezel-full devices. I th- I think the Note series will continue down a path of being meant for the professional who's looking to be productive mm-hmm. just like blackberry is like, hey we're we're a phone or the key one made by tcl uh is always meant and directed to be you work you can use this phone to get more done i think any ar vr stuff is needs to be mass produced on a mass level for like a galaxy s s series um so if they if they go down the route that the the note is for professional you can get more done. They, they still haven't done anything with the DEX or DX, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Was there any uh, reference to that at the keynote? Because um, the note no seems like more natural of a fit with uh, DEX than the S8, right? Yeah. So and, and, and then you take a look at this S Pen stylus, which was in the original note. And I was at Eden Center when it launched in Canada. Back then, the note was like mega bulky, mm-hmm. stubby looking. And now it looks like a bigger S8. Mm-hmm. Um, slimmer. The, des- the design is beautiful, but it looks like every other device. You're right about the similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think, I think they, they've. I, th- I actually think they've successfully, successfully rebranded the Note series. I think people are excited about it because we see in the comments, previous Note Seven owners will get some sort of um, incentive to yep, upgrade, purchase yeah. it. So you can see the loyalty is still there, which is great, which is amazing for a company to mm-hmm. to rebound like that. Mm-hmm. But I think I think what they need to do is continue down that professional area. Because what else would someone do with a stylus? Mm-hmm. Draw software, creative people. Mm-hmm. I think 
Yeah, I, I'm not sure about the stylus myself. I think we might see it go away in the future altogether. Maybe if you just use your finger, like they, maybe maybe they buy Thalmic Labs. Mm-hmm. They'll use your 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 hand yeah. to draw to draw on the device. <laughs> yeah, motion detection. Yeah. Um, sure. Was part of I think the problem with the uh, or was part of the problem with the Note Eight was that the S8 took such a kitchen sink approach where it was like literally that phone was like. This is our greatest hits, guys. It will have yeah. everything and anything you could ever want, right? And then where do you go from everything? Right. I mean, because at some uh, to some extent, at that point, that was when they needed to prove things the most. Yeah. Because that was their next phone after the whole explosion debacle. So um, the Note, though it is the same series, there's a little more that they're building off of now. That it's mm-hmm. like, well, the S8's great, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like the uh, apart from the design, do you think that there's so much packed into a device from feature standpoint that gets talked about, but no one uses? Like mm-hmm. I've maybe 15, 20 apps on my phone, probably more, but I use three of them, and mm-hmm. I use yeah. the same features every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's still a little bit of overkill and maybe even a little bit of bloat. Um, on that topic, also, we just had uh, Samir do a Bixby hands-on. Mm-hmm. The uh, virtual assistant for Samsung. So yeah, that that was, and you found it to be quite lacking, didn't you? I I think yes. So in in a word, uh, I did find it to be quite lacking. But it, really, my issue is that um, there are th- there there's one much better option available right now to all um, Samsung Galaxy users, whether you have an S7, an S6, a, a, a Note Five, what have you. And it's the Google Assistant, and that's a you know Google ships that out with with their Android operating system, and you can get that. I, I mean, I, I expect it to to be available on the Note Eight once you can once you can buy the Note Eight, or other once you can actually use the Note Eight. Um, and it, it it is really better in every way. And the example that I used in the uh, in, in the hands-on specifically was trying to get me from our offices here at Mobile Syrup to Toronto's Union Station, um, and Bixby could not actually do that. Asking it, Bixby, how do I get to Union Station, didn't work. Bixby, open up maps and take me to Union Station, did not work. Bixby, use Google, please, to get me to Union Station, didn't work. <laughs> and, I mean, at one point, I just just, just flippantly, um, I, I decided to ask Google, and I was like, Google, take me, Union Station, now. And it did. It took me, it not only uh, charted the path within the Google Assistant, it then opened up Google Maps, and then it asked me, are you ready to go? Like, you want to go now? We, we can go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Right now, if you want, that's how ready Google was, and Bixby, Bixby just wasn't able to do that. Yeah. Um, but again, as I pointed out in the review, um, Bixby is new, and I imagine that as more people provide their information to Samsung and as more people test out Bixby, um, it will get better. But right now, it's it's really not a better option than Google's assistant. Right. But I, mean, I can see why they're trying to, you know, get their hand into that area. It's it's growing and it's only going to get bigger um, virtual assistants. So, you know, why not take the opportunity to try and develop if you are such a big company as Samsung with your uh, hand in so many verticals? 
Uh, yeah, so just the last point I wanted to uh, finish on is uh, from each of you, would you recommend this phone to, and would you recommend Bixby to uh, your friends and family members? I'll go first. I don't think that I would recommend the Note 8 this year, but I will have to see um, some of the other newer devices that are coming out this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't believe so. Even the things that LG has already announced about the V30, um, you know, among them, uh, just the display, the camera, the camera features, um, many different things. I think even on that, I would probably recommend the V30, but we'll have to see more when mm-hmm. it actually comes out. Samir? It's really a matter of are you willing to pay? so much more for the Note 8 and its stylus? Or are you just willing to go get the Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus, which is, again, only a tenth of an inch smaller in terms of screen size? Um, and are you really that much invested in the dual camera setup? That's that's it. So if you are, if you care about the S Pen, if you care about a 6.3-inch uh, display versus 6.2-inch display, and if you really, really care about a dual camera that can you know do the bokeh thing, then yeah, sure, go for the Note 8. But if you don't, then the S8 Plus is a cheaper and just as just as good uh, alternative. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you, it's you not your money. First. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, at thirteen hundred bucks, I think the everyday person up the street consumer is not going to dish out the money by himself. I think the person who's going to purchase this is uh, IT manager and purchasing manager at a company who generally says yeah go get this phone mm. right um and it's just another expense so and then it's 550 bucks so yeah so the note is available for pre-order in canada across several carriers uh, officially launching on september 15th yes, so yeah. sure why not go, <laughs> yeah go get it <laughs> 550 down that's like the price of a OnePlus outright yeah you could have an entire yeah. phone for yeah, that but, price. <laughs> but, yeah but, that, but that's a different market yeah you, you totally. can also get the iphone 6 the limited edition. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The interesting thing is, is like the Note 8 doesn't make the S8 Plus suddenly a bad phone, right? Like it is a perfectly capable phone, just as capable, just as beautiful. Right. It has the same screen. You know, I've seen some sample shots of this, uh, the live focus, which creates the depth of field. And it, like most of these uh, depth of field uh, phones, it doesn't look impressive. Like, right. So, why not just get the SA Plus? There's my advice. Just get the SA Plus. It's a beautiful <laughs> phone. Uh, so let's say you're let's say you're looking for a new phone. You go mm-hmm. to one of the carriers. What are the reps going to try and yeah. sell you? I mean, I think it. When I was uh, when I worked at carriers, Samsung was a really popular choice. It was either iPhone or or a Samsung phone, and. Uh, Behind previous like note uh, reveals, there was a lot of excitement too. Um, so I, I think I would, I would, uh, you know, show people the phone and talk about the features. Uh, I think this probably will get a lot of play at carriers. Yeah, yeah I actually would suspect that. Uh, you know, but I'm just looking at Bell right now, and you could get the S8 for zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. How much do you have to spend for the S8 Plus? Yes, that's the good question. Uh, S8 Plus is ninety nine. Okay, yeah, right, that's, so that's pretty right? reasonable. Like five forty nine ninety nine. Like this seems like untenable to me. It's well, for the, the it's for the Samsung enthusiast. It's for that person who's very passionate about the brand. And as we know, the brand has a lot of uh, has built up a lot of trust and a lot of loyalty. 
on, Truth. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, another thing that has uh, built up a lot of loyalty <laughs> is uh, Rome Like Home from Rogers. That's true. Um, it is one of, you know, you could say one of the carriers uh, for a carrier that doesn't get a lot of love. This thing has gotten a lot of love. Uh, it went up a dollar this week. And as our own Ian Hardy broke, uh, they also increased their uh, connection fee from mm. 20 to $25. dollars mm. So, Ian, I will ask you, what is going on at Rogers? Layoffs are going on at Rogers. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Tell us more. Lots of layoffs. <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing 200 in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Very silent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But regarding the, the increases. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like they're all interconnected. <laughs> yes. Law of they attraction, as one might say. Bam. Yeah. For those who are unfamiliar with the law of attraction. <laughs> yes, please tell us about the law of attraction. One of Mobile Series' favorite concepts. Yes, it is. It's, it's actually one of the world's most favorite concepts. This is the secret. The yes, secret. it is. Yeah. So um, what's going on at Rogers? So we're hearing that there are significant cuts, specifically in the business unit. We've seen that happen uh, in the spring uh, and then about a month ago. And then I'm hearing two weeks ago there was uh, some slight job cuts this week, early this week, about more people so in total about 200 people we're still following that story so believe it or not believe it it's up to you <laughs> uh so the increases so remember the system access fee years ago mm-hmm. i think it was 25 or 30 35 dollars that vanished in came this connection fee it was first 15 dollars and went to 20 dollars recently bell increased theirs telus did as well now rogers has increased theirs from 20 to 25 dollars mm-hmm. for everyone Signing up a new on a new plan or doing a hardware upgrade, so five bucks over uh, nine million subscribers plus plus plus. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the question I'd ask is, it, I mean, is this company financially healthy? Like from all the reports we've read, certainly. Like, I think but, so. What What mm-hmm. did they earn last quarter? Yeah, I think they. I don't think they've they've shown any signs that they're unhealthy. I, I yeah. think a lot of our uh, readers have said, "Oh, this is the unlocking fee." This okay, is, so both yeah, of let's, those aspects are the unlocking fee. Let's take that. Fee. Is it the locking fee? I, I don't think so. The, the the unlocking fee is fifty bucks. Takes effect in December. Yeah. Uh, this is five bucks when you sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus to take the dollar. So mm-hmm. I guess I and I also, guess everything counts. Right, and yeah. they've also jacked up the um sorry Overages. the overage fees. Yeah, the overages. Yeah. So there's a, there's been a couple of things recently that they've gone up on without uh, giving any really cohesive reason. So a lot of people say, oh, this is your unlocking fees coming back. So Rogers yeah. in Q2 2017, which was, uh, they just announced in seven, seven, uh, July, uh, wireless revenues were 2.048, so just over $2 billion, specifically mm-hmm. wireless. And they have the most wireless carriers, or wireless subscribers okay. yes. at 10.4 million. So is it just a matter of a company kind of trying to find efficiencies in terms of both the layoffs and, you know, like Room Like Home, it's one of their probably their most popular offerings, right? Mm-hmm. Like I certainly use it every yeah. time I travel to the U.S. instead of popping in like a Room Mobility Sim. Yeah, from $5 a day to $6 a day, yeah. which it actually bumps it from 50 to 60. It's yeah. quite quite, uh, quite a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. So this this could be the Rogers family instructing John Natalia, the new CEO, or Joe Natale instructing the Rogers family where mm. to go. Yeah. Right. Who, who knows who's, who's in the power position there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be just, we got to do these things to be financially sound, to pay for the blue Jays or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, cables dropping, media businesses dropping. 
mm-hmm. um, publishing, like their their, their magazine side. Mm-hmm. So it could be ways to offset other types of business that they have. I find it kind of interesting too, because Natalie comes from Telus, and Telus is a carrier that, on average, their prices are higher than Rogers, um, but they also actually offer a better quality of service as we've found from all the different uh, speed tests Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering if he has a mind to start upgrading their service and maybe prepare for 5g i I hope that's what's happening for Mm -hmm. rogers customers why 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 do you think some people are happy with other carriers than 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 not and this is kind of a question i wanted if i could also ask Mm -hmm. everyone is now that I'm kind of, I mean, I'm still technically on Rogers, right? Because I'm with Fido. Mm-hmm. But the more I look at it, the more I ask myself, beyond the roaming agreement, why am I with, you know, these two? Uh, because clearly the network, I think, is the worst. Um, in, in The worst of, in the sense of, of the speed. big three. Yeah, of yeah. the big three, I was going to say. Right? Like, of the big three, it's... It might have at one point been that amazing. That was Ebor speaking. That was Ebor. yes. <laughs> Sorry for being so off the cuff. But, I mean, I certainly remember when I got the uh, iPhone 3G. It was fantastic, the network. Um, it kind of, there seems to be they haven't invested as much as their competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, and those data plans on Rogers are really expensive. <laughs> In like, more so than, um, I mean, Bell is also expensive. They're all expensive. But there are, you know, maybe not affordable options, but at least options that are easier to stomach out there. Um, so what is like, where is this inertia with Rogers? I, I am kind of trying to figure this out. Like, how are they still at 10 million when they're competitors? I think with Bell, you know, you at least have the faster network with Telus, you have the faster network and the better service. Um, Rogers, you have hockey, you have hockey. And I think Mm. too, that Rogers for on the wireless side is just a little more aggressive with sales and with Mm. pricing. Mm -hmm. Um, and potentially offers the most uh, promotions as well. But Mm -hmm. I mean, even something like Rome Like Home, that they put out these uh, services um, a little more often than Bell and Telus. And Mm -hmm. they also have slightly lower prices. And I think in in an environment that's not very competitive, um, a slightly lower price actually matters to a lot of customers. So I Mm -hmm. think that's where it's got sticking points. Um, but the reason that I don't have Rogers is because of the network and because of the pushiness of its staff. When I used to be one of its staff, but you know, it's just, mm-hmm. that's how you have to be at Rogers mm-hmm. generally. That's Samir. my experience. Anyway. Any? I mean, I, I really wish again, so I, I don't necessarily want to overstep and talk about something that I'm not incredibly familiar with. So I'm not with Rogers. I'm, I'm with freedom. But whenever I think about switching over to one of the big three or whenever I think about switching away from freedom. So let's start with the big three. The big three, I just can't afford it. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, Rogers and Bell and Telus for what for what I have right now with freedom, which is their their freedom or their their smart 55. Oh, sorry, smart 45, which is forty five dollars for unlimited uh, talk and text. And then I get I get uh, four gigs of data. I also have an additional bundle, which lets me uh, call to the U.S. from Canada for free. So if I were to find something comparable with Rogers, Telus, or Bell, it would be much more than $45. Mm-hmm. And then when I think about switching to something like uh, Public Mobile, I'm sort of unfamiliar with their network, and I'm a little concerned that I'm not necessarily going to get anything better than I have right now. It's yeah. Telus, right? Yeah. And then same thing with Kudo. The thing with Kudo, I was I was looking at uh, switching over to like a $55 plan with Kudo, and that would be 500 megs plus an extra 500 megs if I, if I joined within a certain amount of time, which, you know, whatever. Then you get 500 minutes... 
I'm not really sure that there's really much enough of a differentiator at the base levels without the deals um, that, that come up every now and then to encourage people to switch over. If you're with one of the smaller networks, if you're with something like Freedom or Kudo, you're probably comfortable enough. You're probably not incredibly comfortable, but you're satisfied more or less. And you don't want to spend that much to switch over to the big three. And if you're with the big three and you can afford the big three, then, yeah, you're not going to want to switch over to something like Freedom or Kudo or uh, or Public just because you're not going to get the same quality of network. And the, the larger network, sure, it might it might not be great. But again, with Rogers, you can go to Winnipeg even if you're a, a, a Toronto resident and you don't have to worry about any roaming charges. But with Freedom, you can't go to Winnipeg. You can't go to, uh, you know, Halifax. But with Kudo, you can. But with yeah. Kudo, you can. Yeah. I mean, it's the same network as Telus. Yeah. And in public. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, a um, couple things to announce. One, it is our dear podcast producer's birthday. So please jump into the comment section and wish Robin a happy birthday. Yay. Yay. Happy birthday. Happy, happy, birthday, birthday. Robin. happy birthday, Robin. Thank you for all the amazing work you do. She looks so happy. <laughs> um, number two. Um, as usual, I'm going to uh, ask people to, uh, you know, s- submit your questions. That's podcast at mobilesyrup.com. But what I will add is that we now have an incentive. Um, our good friend Patrick, who's this week uh, in New York, he was able to uh, work with some magic. And we got some uh, game codes to give away. If you'd like something Xbox related, we have a couple. Uh, so what we're going to do is if you submit your question, uh, if it's a really good one and we read it, uh, we'll send you a game code. Uh, once again, you can do that by uh, emailing podcast at mobilesyrup.com. You can also, uh, if you record your question, our great uh, engineer, Robin, who once again is celebrating her birthday, <laughs> will splice birthday. it in. Happy birthday, Robin. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. We'll splice it into the podcast and then you can be heard by all of our listeners. You can send that by podcast at mobilesyrup.com. And just to make it a bit easier for everyone, um, I know like most people prefer just to comment. So if you comment on this week's podcast uh page you know say like i'm submitting a question um i will find a way to contact you if we read your question or we'll just listen to the podcast and then you can just email us and yeah we'll feature your question and we're excited to answer it uh where can everyone find you guys i am at rose bahar on twitter and nowhere else okay I am at Samir Chabra 94 and you can figure out how to spell Samir and Chabra by uh, reading my profile on the website. Um, two H's. On, two H's. Two H's and two E's, not an I for Samir. That's on Twitter and also Instagram, but I don't really post anything on Instagram, so please, please don't go to Instagram. Okay. I am usually at home with my children. But please also, come by. Inkblot.ca. Please come by and help me. Yes. <laughs> And happy birthday, Robin. Uh, happy birthday, Robin. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, if you'd like to help Ian uh, with uh, his children. Beautiful, can, beautiful children, I'm, I must add. They are beautiful. You can send your re- resumes to podcast <laughs> at mobilesyrup.com. I will read them over. If you're good, I'll pass it on to Ian. Thank you, Ebor. I, I try to do my best. Perhaps you should tell why your name is Ebor and not Igor. Right. So if you, I, I think we just, partially told the story but not the whole way through uh someone was uh there was a scoop related to the amazon uh echo um someone was like oh you can input canadian addresses now right and this was on reddit and the first comment was like wow this is amazing you should send the scoop to ebor bonachachik at Bonachach. mobile 
Yeah, Bonnetach at uh, mobilesyrup.com. And I saw this and I was just like, I don't even know what to think of this. Anyway. You're famous. I'm famous, but not famous enough for people to spell my name properly. I'm going to create that email address just for you. Okay. Anyone ever sends you. Ebor at mobilesyrup.com. Right. So you can also send your uh, nanny resumes to Ebor at mobilesyrup.com. You can send your podcast questions to Ebor at mobilesyrup.com and your uh, your hot takes and tips. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on next uh, all next week. Oh, yeah. And catch us at Mobile Syrup on all social yes. media platforms. Thank you, Rose, for reminding me. <laughs> Peace. 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 Happy birthday. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started <laughs> 